Blog Talk Radio.
in reference to Bill Belichick's um, job. Just wondering if this has any connection to Belichick and his, uh, and, and will he be returning next season? Could McDaniels know something and decided to stay where he's comfortable knowing that maybe this job is coming up, and if not the next year, maybe the following year. Hmm. The plot thickens. Hmm. Okay, anyway, this is a breaking news story, so um, there's really not much more other than he's staying in, in New England. We will see what happens. Just plant some seeds for the future. Could this be a deeper story? Let's, let's get into this Super Bowl and initial reactions. JB, start with you. Your initial reactions to the, the upset of the Eagles taking out the Patriots? Well, first off, I thought it was a very entertaining game, uh, very much so. Um, the, the one thing I will say is I, I think the, the Patriots' fate was doomed when it was officially named uh, Tom Brady as the MVP. Uh, we already know the history. When you're MVP and you're in the Super Bowl, the two don't go together. Also, another thing that the, the biggest item game-wise that really stood out to me was the fact that the Patriots went into their bag of tricks in the second quarter to throw a pass to the slowest person on the team. And as you recall, in the Jaguar game, they pulled out the stops at the very end so when they went into their bag of tricks. So to, to do that so early in the game, to me, kind of told me that they just don't seem to have it. And I think they're starting to recognize they just don't have it. Uh, lastly, the Eagles' aggressiveness, I think, was, was the blueprint to, to be in the Patriots, something the Falcons should have done but didn't do, something the Jaguars obviously didn't do, and, and maybe they've found the secret sauce on how to slay the Giant. But those are my three biggest takeaways. Nigga, last before you, I said, I said, initial reaction. Nigga, try to do the whole show in five minutes. Jesus Christ, slow down. <laughs> Hold on. I'm, I'm hyped up. I'm hyped up. Keep a little something there. You got a whole scare that want to. Yeah, I'll be surprised. Good God. They started to change left anything, but the question is, JV, initial reaction, not in-depth analysis just yet. Slow down. The rule here is you don't get ahead of the host, okay? Initial reaction to the Eagles beating the the, the Patriots. Um. It was really just impressive. It was it was just a really impressive game, and I was just I wasn't really shocked. I was just like, wow, they they did that. That was amazing. Like it was, it, it was just super impressive. I mean, that came away just super impressed initially, and just like, wow, that was an amazing game. Um, that was amazing, uh, just uh, incredible execution, and um, they they earned it. I I was a little surprised that that Brady fumbled, but the Eagles earned it. Yeah, yeah. You know, my, my initial reaction was when you tell a team for two weeks that they have no chance, when you tell a team for two weeks that it's David versus Goliath, when you tell a team for two weeks that, you know, it's pretty much the coronation of the greatest football player ever and, and you know, you're pretty much writing them off and, you know, how can they win with their backup and, and, and I'm not saying I called it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying I called it. I picked the pass. Um, so, no, I didn't call this. But I just say I just felt funny about this game. I just felt something just didn't set right with me, that this game was not going to be, you know, the defensive battle that a lot of people thought 
or, you know, it's it, it just something fell off. And what fell off was the fact that you gave, you know, both teams went in at 15-3, and three, and you gave one team such, you know, a bigger advantage, as, as did I, and it wasn't just because of this year. We brought previous seasons into this, and, you know, what I learned from this game is really previous seasons don't matter. Every year you start fresh, and it's a brand-new team. It don't matter who it is. It don't matter that it's Brady and Belichick. You got a second-year head coach and a journeyman backup that went in there and beat the greatest quarterback of all time and the greatest head coach of all time. And they did it with this team this year. Last year's team don't matter. Last year's team with the Pats don't matter. It's a new season. It's a new team. And let's see what happens. But we, all of us, are guilty of just the Patriots dynasty and, and, and really putting them on this mountain of invincibility. And clearly, they're invincible. <laughs> clearly, um, you know, it, it, you know it, this, is, this is not the 90s Bulls. You know, Michael Jordan, when he made the finals, never lost. Okay, this is not that team. This is, this is football. A little bit different. <laughs> you know, as great as Tom Brady is, he don't play defense. You know, so so I think I think everyone that analyzes these games has to take a deep breath, as my brother would say, pump your brakes, and just remember, hey, no matter what they've done the previous seventeen years, this is a new season, this is a new team, and when we get into this and we start doing this, uh, analyzing the upcoming season as we will do after the draft, after free agency, then it's going to be another new team. It's not this team. This is over. It's down. They will never put this team on the field again nor will the Eagles, nor will the Cowboys, nor will the Steelers, nor will the Bears. It doesn't happen. It's over. This team dies, and the next team will be born. And now we analyze that team, and history doesn't matter. The Eagles went from, you know, near the bottom uh, or at the bottom of the NFC East to winning the Super Bowl in one year. That's what they did. Patriots went from winning the Super Bowl to getting back to the Super Bowl. So we just don't know. We just don't know. And that's really, that's what I, that's what I got out of this is we just don't know. And real quick, let, 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 let me highlight everybody out this a minute. Before we start crowning Nick Foles the, the greatest thing since sliced bread, yes, he's Super Bowl MVP. Yes, he deserves a lot of accolades for his play. Um, but the guy who deserves the accolades is not Nick Foles. It's Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson put Nick Foles in the, excuse me, the best possible position to win that game. And, and if you don't believe me, watch Nick Foles' regular season play and watch Nick Foles' postseason play. Now, I have two very intelligent, learned NFL analysts on my, on my uh, team here with me. But let me ask JB if he knows what change did Peterson make from the regular season to the postseason? Uh, he really looked at full strengths, and he'd be focused in on what, what is he good at and try to get the ball out of his hands so he can get it to playmaking and take pressure off of Foles to have to make plays. Okay, one answer. That ain't it. Okay, Star, you know it? You repeat your question, man. You're a little harder here on that last one. Okay. What did Nick? What did Doug Peterson do? What did he change with Nick Foles 
from the regular season into the postseason that made Nick Foles so successful? Oh, yes. Uh, he installed Shaquille's offense. He installed uh, all Shaquille's offense, and, and um, apparently – uh, I guess Kelly and him had conversations about it as well, and because that was that was Nick Foles' comfort level was the uh, Chip Kelly uptempo offense, which was the key was. Come on, come on, you're there, say it. Which the key was? The key was the RPO, the run pass option. Oh yeah, of course. That was the key. That's that's what's all predicated that off of. Yes, that was the change. If you watch Nick Foles in the end of the season. He was average. He was the Nick Foles that we saw in L.A. He was the Nick Foles that the Philadelphia Eagles let go of. And Peterson installed the run-pass option, and Nick Foles is very clearly very comfortable with the run-pass option. He's mobile. He, he, he has good reads off it. And, J.P., you were there. We just left out run-pass option. He did play to his strength, but the key was the run-pass option. That's what he installed. So right. while Nick Foles played very well, deserves the MVP, and you know hopefully he gets paid this game. Certainly Doug Peterson. It was Doug Peterson that deserves the kudos and the congratulations. He was the one who, without that change, this ain't a game. Without that change, it's a blowout. Period. And that's the bottom line because I said so. Okay. Um, let me go to K-Star. Next question. Your thoughts on the Malcolm Butler benching? Because I've got some thoughts, but I want you guys to go first. Oh, man. I wish I knew what led to the benching because there aren't there, – there's just there's just no definitive story as to why. He must have done something pretty bad. I don't know what, so I can't speculate as to why, but I do know that it had an impact on the game and that um, it was really unfortunate because I think they could have used him and I think that he would have – at least helped and assist. I don't know if that would change the outcome of the game, but the, it, he would have given New England a better chance. It, it just sucked. Again, I can't really comment on why or what. Uh, I just know that it really hurt the integrity of, of the Patriots game. Um, they hurt themselves. I don't know if Malcolm hurt, hurt them or, or Bill did. Again, it's tough to know, but it's, it's, it had some impact on the game. Okay. JB, your thoughts? Yeah, something's something's extremely fishy with that one. To find out just before kickoff that you're not only not going to start but barely play any uh, football at all. You're just relegated to special teams, no defensive snaps whatsoever. And and the stories coming out about a violation of team rules and hearing uh, Butler refute all of that. Uh, I'm kind of in the camp with K-Star that, the story is still incomplete. I'm sure we'll find out more, but something is extremely fishy about what's going on. I can't seem to put my finger on it yet. Well, I'm going to say this. I've heard all the rumors about breaking team rules and this and that, and I will say this until I hear something more definitive. It's inexcusable to tell him before the game that he's um, not playing. If you want to punish him and, and don't start him and maybe make a, you know have him miss the first quarter or something because you feel that way, okay. But to tell this man right before the game that he wasn't playing, it doesn't get any more cruel than that. If he did something wrong, then at the time of the violation is when you say to him, and if it's cumulative violation, then that is the time that you say to him, listen, can't do this anymore. 
you keep breaking this rule, you keep doing this, you keep doing that, you're not playing in Sunday's game, or you're going to play special teams, whatever the case may be. But to tell this man moments before the national anthem that he wasn't going to play defense, a guy who's played 90% of your plays, 36 out of 38 of the last game, uh, arguably your best defensive player, and you come out and say he's not going to play, and you tell him that the biggest the Super Bowl, and that's what you tell him a few minutes before kickoff, not in the hotel, not on the bus right over, not when you get in the locker room. No, you wait, you let him dress, you let him get hyped, you let him get pumped, and then you walk over and tell him that he ain't playing. What kind of crowd? I don't want to hear this is how Belichick operates it. No, this is bullshit. Where's the humanity in this? You don't do that to another human being who gives as much as he gives to your team. I don't, I, I, yeah, okay, maybe you broke some rules. I get it. Maybe there needed to be a punishment. I get it. You bench him, you tell him he misses the first quarter, he misses the first half. He's not starting. I don't know. But to just take him and tell him he's not playing in the game at all? I, 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 until I hear something extremely egregious, like he slept with the man's wife or something, then I don't want to hear it. Belichick should be ashamed of himself. I lost so much respect for him as a leader of men when you treat another human being like that. This poor young man is crying. I'm watching, I'm watching. The damn game, looking at him thinking he's choking up. He's just emotional. You know, people sometimes, you see it sometimes, guys on the sideline and, you know, and the national anthem comes on and the, the moment gets large and, and they cry and they're like, oh, you know. No, they cry because they don't want to play it. You just think about what you just did to that man. You just think about how he feels, how his family feels, because you, could, you didn't have the decency to tell him the day before. You couldn't just tell him the day before. That's all you had to do. If you didn't want him to play because you felt that strongly, why not tell him the day before? No, let's do it when it's the most painful, when it's the most hurtful. What? I'm I'm disgusted by it. And the reason why I hate this team, and here we go, even though I had to to suck it up for one game and root for them, and they couldn't even even do that to me. I root for you for one game, and you can't even beat the damn Eagles. Unbelievable. I'm disgusted by that. And and like I said, from the rumors, ain't enough for me to change my mind. They need to come over. And like I said, find out that, that, you know, he messed with the man's wife, he messed with the man's daughter, or something like that. Okay, then then, then, then you got me. Short of something that breathes like that, Bill Belichick ought to be ashamed of himself. And maybe this whole Josh McDaniels thing, maybe there's something floating around out here. We need to pay attention to what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. Because this comes up, this guy turns out a head coaching job to stay as an offensive coordinator. I, 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 that don't happen often. What's going Hell on? Hell no. Man, all those rumors. And then K-Style, when you sent that out, that uh, text to us you know, a few days ago, might be on to something. Because, and, and I was thinking the same thing, too. Maybe some at some point in the off season, Belichick decides to hang it up and they hand the reins over to McDaniel's. Because I would take the Patriots job over the Colts job myself. You have a quarterback that's still healthy and and Tom Brady. You still don't really know what's going to happen with Luck. So who knows what, what what's going on over there? But maybe there's some validity to the the, the Brady Belichick friction that's been discussed 
plus Brady um threw a little bit of support towards uh, towards Butler on his Instagram. So um, that's what I was thinking with with this whole McDaniel's and and him pulling out of the Colts job. Yeah, something yeah. about. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot of, of stories here that may be linked or maybe connected in, in some form or, or fashion. Um, but there's a lot of unusual things going on, and um, I think eventually we'll find out why this is all occurring. And I think eventually the Malcolm Butler story will will come out. You know, I think he's I think he's scheduled to be a free agent. It's all season. Oh, he ain't coming back. Safe. Yeah, I think it's safe to say back. that. He's not coming back, back. but one thing I find interesting is with that in mind is Malcolm decided not to speak on why or what caused him to essentially be sat during the game. So I don't know. Something's up. I really hope that we could find out one day. And maybe he's still doesn't know. I have a feeling feeling it must have been pretty bad. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I mean, those, I, those I are such extreme. It. Those are such extreme circumstances to do something like that, and for a player to, while on his way out of the organization, still not speak on it. I mean, mm. well, yeah, we can assume that it's something really bad, or we, or 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 just Belichick being Belichick. You know, it's Belichick coming out with his with his. I put the best man. I, you know, I. I, I it was just ridiculous. This guy started for you all year, and all of a sudden in the biggest game of the year, um, he's not your best option. He had a bad week of practice, and he's not your best option. Get the hell out of here. We know that's not true. We know that's not true. We know you're a football genius, but we're not stupid. Don't, don't, don't sit right. and try to insult our intelligence by saying some ridiculous crap like that. That's just plain ridiculous. You know, there's a line from – there's a line from Juice, one of my favorite movie lines of all times, and it applies to this one. Pouring syrup over shit don't make it pancakes. And that's exactly <laughs> what Belichick is doing. Bruh. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. I like that. I like that. I love um, that one because that's, that's, that's what's going on. And just so everybody knows, I am at the Four Point Sheridan in Melville, New York, um, in my hotel room, and that's where I am. Melville, New York, which is part of Long Island, in my hotel room, duty call, on the road, work, have a room service, have a nappy nap. They had a bar there. I almost went down to get a beer, but now I got to work in the morning, so I'm not going to do that to myself. And it's supposed to snow up here tomorrow. And I got to drive home in the snow, so I'll need to have no beer hangover tomorrow morning. So I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do the show, and I'm going to go to sleep. But it's interesting uh, to, to be doing the show in a different location. Maybe next time I will do it in a hotel lobby, get some babies, you know, sign my autographs. Um, I, I have a bone to pick with this game, and I know y'all knew this was coming. If y'all know me, you already know what I'm going to say. I knew y'all knew this was coming, and I got a major bone with the NFL and the officiating because, <laughs> okay, so we had, two, we had two controversial touchdowns. And let's just say, I, I, and it's funny because right on NFL Network is the one with Clements 
and the, the back of the end zone that um, I thought was not a touchdown looked like in between the two steps that they called in. There might have been a bit of a bobble. But even if we give them that, even if we give them that one, which I still, I still think that one was not a touchdown, we got to go to the Ertz, Zach Ertz one. We got to go to Zach Ertz, okay? Because the NFL makes you sick. I have heard for four years that Dez was not a catch. I heard for four years that he was not a catch. NFL says it. It wasn't a catch. He caught the ball, took three steps, reached out. The ball popped up. He caught it. They said it was not a catch. He didn't maintain control when he went to the ground. It wasn't a catch. Zach Ertz does the exact same thing, catches the ball, reaches for the end zone. The ball pops up. It catches it. Oh, he became a runner. So as soon as he crossed the plane, it's a touchdown. But Dez was never a runner. Took the same number of steps. They both took three steps. Watch the video. But Dez was never a runner. So it's incomplete. But Zach Ertz became a runner. Same play. Exactly the same play. If the NFL don't get this fucking rule right, I swear to, I swear to God, I'm, I'm 30 minutes from Manhattan where I am right now. I, I, get, to, I get to the NFL offices. From here, I live two hours from New York. I swear to God, I'm knocking on somebody's door and we're going to have a problem. This is ridiculous that they can't get something as simple as what is a catch right? What is or what is not a catch? This is ridiculous. What happened to just common sense? What happened to the eye test? What happened to I have the ball? And I have control of the ball. And if I can count the way it used to be back in the day, as long before you guys were watching football, catch the ball, one, two, it's a catch. Didn't matter, anything after that. Catch the ball, one, two, it was a catch. I could show you catches from 30 years ago that if it happened today, no longer a catch because they decided to change the rules. Why? What's wrong with the other rules? Common sense. A catch. Now, you've you got to survive the ground. You've got to make a rule common to the game. If you take enough steps, you're a runner. If you're not, you're not. What are you doing to the NFL? What are you doing? Why are you making it so complicated? It is not that difficult. 99 times out of 100, you know if a guy caught the ball versus he did not catch the ball. You don't need all these additions and all these, you know, Zach Ertz, technically, he caught the ball. Let's just put it out there. He did catch the ball. But because you said Dez wasn't a catch, then this should not have been a catch because you made it clear that that is the rule today. This is the rule of the NFL today. That's what you said. You had Chris Carter and all these people come in, and you all perfected the rule, and you said, this is the rule. This is it. And you never, because as you both know, NFL comes out and will say, oh, we missed that. We made a mistake on that call. They come out on Tuesday after the game, and they release all the mistakes that the refs did. That was one they never came back ever over the years to say, you know what, that should have been a catch. Okay, so guess what? We have to accept that in today's rules, that's not a catch. 
You got the Jesse James play. I'll let you talk about that one, K-Star, because who the fuck knows now? Who knows now? Who knows? He catches the ball. He throws. Looks like he's got possession to me. Looks like he's got possession to me. He goes to the ground, and because he doesn't, because the ball shifts, it's no longer a catch. Well, I'm sorry. If you have the ball in your hand and you're able to turn towards the goal line with the ball, I think that's a catch. I don't care what that what the textbook says. He had control enough to turn to go towards the goal line. That should be a catch. End of discussion. I don't want to hear all the crap, the garbage, gotta survive the ground and make a rule with the move comments of the game and get just fuck you. Stupid. And now we've got this. Now we've got this. And they're coming out, and and then, and then you listen to these freaking analysts, and they're like, oh, that was that was obviously a catch. Steve Young, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. That's clearly a catch. Really? Really? Oh, so now you have it mastered. You, Mr. Quarterback, you have it mastered. I don't know if you guys want any of this. I'm disgusted beyond, beyond me about, about the NFL. It is crap. I mean, I'll speak to the – Zach Ertz play. Um, so, well, first off, I think that was a touchdown, but I also think the Jesse James catch was a touchdown. And so when it happened, the Zach Ertz play, my first thought was, oh, they might reverse this given recent history, a.k.a. like week 14 of the NFL season. Um, but they didn't. And, I mean, to me, that's a good thing. I don't think they should have reversed it. Uh, even if, well, I'll put it like this. If they had reversed it and say it cost uh, Philadelphia the game, all hell would have broken loose. Yeah, but, know, but, it would have been a disaster. But, but, but you say they shouldn't have reversed it, but you can't go back and change the Jesse James call. You can't go no, back I and agree. change the Jesse James I agree. They call. Be, so if you're, they, gonna be cons- if you're going to be consistent, then that should not have yeah. been a touchdown is my point. Do I think it's a catch? Yes. Yeah, no. But I also think Jesse James is yeah, yeah. a catch. I also think that's right with a catch. But since you yep, can't no, go back I, and fast and change those, then this should not have been a catch. Listen, I agree with you. Um, And actually, you know, I've been kind of hitting the NFL on not being consistent at all this season. They just haven't been. Um, I'll put it like this. We know it was the right call, though it was still the wrong call given recent history, given the consistency of the inconsistency. Um, I think that what it comes down to is the NFL, and I think Goodell – actually, Goodell did speak on this earlier in the week that they're going to address the rule or the language of the rule in the offseason because they acknowledge it's broken. So I think they should have called it incomplete based off history, but at the same time, it's one of those things where I'm, it's like bittersweet because we know it's a touchdown. We know Des Bryant scored. We know Jesse James scored. So it's been really shitty for it to play out to where it cost them the game. I mean, at the same time – you know, it cost us the game. It, you know, the Steelers could have been there for all we know because they would have had home field advantage. Um, or the Cowboys could have maybe possibly won Super Bowl a couple of years ago as well. So it's it, it's tough. I'm just I'm on both sides of it because they should have called it incomplete. But at the same time, it's like we have football integrity. We still know it's a touchdown. That's what's it's that's what's difficult. No, here's my here's my here's my point. So if you're being consistent, it's an incomplete pass. I'm not going to look into the future when they meet in whenever they do their meetings in April or May after the draft and the NFL owners and the competition committee meets and, and the rule changes and, and they look at it and they make whatever adjustments. 
Okay, so maybe at that time, they'll make whatever adjustments, and then all of those in the past will have been catches. But you know what? You can't go back and change Dez or Jesse James. So then, so then now you, you anticipate the rule change, we call it a catch. Or you live in denial, put your head in the sand, and you say it's not the same play. That's what gets my goat when you say it's not the same play. When people, when, when you argue with these idiots of the world out there that will try to argue with you and tell you it's not the same play. I'm sorry, I had LASIK eye surgery. I can see very well, and I can count one, two. That's three steps. It's, 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 that's my problem. And T, it's, it's funny because during this, sorry, real quick, during the Super Bowl, I was, I, was, um, I told you guys it was going to be a Super Bowl party. And they were all anti-Patriots because Indianapolis, you know, they're Colts fans that hate New England. But, like, when it happened, they were going crazy, you know, thinking it was going to be a touchdown. But I was like, yo, they probably going to overturn this given, you know, the way the rule, how sloppy it is and terrible it is and what happened to the Steelers. And I actually thought they were going to turn it over the whole time. I guess I could barely hear the commentary because people were loud. But I think Collinsworth was saying the same thing that we were uh, – that we're discussing yeah. now is that, well, given, you know, <laughs> what's happened – and, and the, the language of the rule, this actually isn't a touchdown. So I, I, I was surprised that they uh, let us stand. Yeah, I, and I well, did the yeah. exact same thing. I, yeah. Ahead, Me too. And, and, and I think, T, you, you hit it on the head. If, you, if you're going to be wrong, be consistently wrong. I think that's really what it boils down to. If Dez, you're going to call that not a catch, you're not going to call Jesse James not a catch, and you have to call this not a catch. Even though everybody knows Yes, it's a catch, but to be consistently inconsistent is a black eye on the officiating and the interpretation of whatever rule they're trying to create, and it's a disaster. It's a disaster waiting to happen. They're talking about sitting down and going back over it again. This is common sense. This is so simple. They're making something so simple so difficult, and it's really going to continue to catch the higher folks until they get it right. J.D., you, 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 that's the phrase of the moment right there, consistently inconsistent. I couldn't have said that better. Al, you, you took everything I said in my soliloquy and summed it up in, in 15 seconds. Wonderful. Excellent job. That, that's it right there. You have done a great job of just what J.D. just said, being consistently inconsistent, and that burns my butt. Hey, I don't have I – I, you guys know how I feel about this game. Okay, I really want a Philly to lose, but I can't stand New England either. So, at the end of the day, I have no horse in this race. Both of them teams can kiss my ass as far as I'm concerned. But I was sitting there like, I told, I told Lena, you know, sitting there watching the game with Lena, private party, no details. You guys will just have to imagine. But anyway, I'm sitting there telling her, and she's like, ah, I'm like, don't worry about it. That's the Des Bryant catch. They're going to overturn it. So don't even worry. That ain't even going to be a touchdown. They may still score, but that play is not going to be a touchdown because that's a Des Bryant play, so don't even stress it. And then they come out and they're like, touchdown. And they're like, he became a runner. And, and that guy was, the, by the way, in case, I don't know if y'all realize, that the referee was the same referee from the, the yeah. Dallas-Oakland uh, game with the index card, Serator. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. him, Mr. 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 Posey for the camera. Um, and I, my jaw hit the ground. I, 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 I can't believe it. JB, you said it right. Consistently inconsistent. That's what they're doing. And they, that, that is, that's not, you know, forget the fan protests. Forget, you no, know, that is what's going to ruin this lovely, wonderful game that we love. 
when you have to sit there and every time there's a catch, you've got to hold your breath and say, okay, what are they going to do now? What is, are they going to call us a catch? Are they not going to call us a catch? And you actually have to sit and wait and say, I don't know what they're going to do. Now, that's a shame if us as fans and football pundits can't sit there and look at something and know 99 times out of 100 how it's going to be. That's ridiculous. Just plain ridiculous. Consistently inconsistent. I love that. Oh, good, JB. I appreciate that. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, let's, let's, let's divert from uh, the Super Bowl for a minute. I want to talk about the Hall of Fame. I want to talk about the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, I just went on first. I'm going to let you guys touch on the Hall of Fame. Thoughts on the Hall of Fame entries into the Hall of Fame. Uh, JB, what are your thoughts on the people and anything you want to say about the Hall of Fame? Well, obviously I'm going to go with my, my favorite position, which is receiver, wide receiver. And I will say this, Hall of Fame folks finally got it right. Finally got T.O. in, even though he really shouldn't have been uh, in on the third try. should have been the first try. But all that talk about, well, they can only have one or uh, or the other. It can't be both T.O. and it can't be Randy Moss together at the same time. Why not? Why not? I'm so glad that both of them got in. Congratulations, hats off to, to the rest of them, but that was the one that I was watching the most, and I'm quite sure I'm not alone. So I'm glad just for that reason alone that they got both of them in. From a Cowboys fan and a Cowboys perspective, it would have been nice to see Iris and Walls get in. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. So I'm going to keep it on a, on a positive note, and I'm glad to see both the T.O. and Randy Moss got in. Okay. Hey, star. One of the best Hall of Fame classes you'll ever see. Ray Lewis, Brian Urlacher, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Brian Dawkins. I mean, wow. I'm a huge Randy Moss fan. That's my favorite non-Steelers player of all time. I'm considering uh, – actually, you know what? I'm definitely going to go for his Hall of Fame speech. And when you think about Moss, T.O., again, Ray, Dawkins, I mean, he's got Ander Lecker. Um, these are just some NFL icons. Ray Lewis, arguably the best inside linebacker, middle linebacker of all time. Uh, the impact and just league dominance that both Terrell – and Randy had throughout their career, really is largely unprecedented. I mean, of course, we all know what Jerry Rice came in, uh, what he did, but what those two guys did on a, week, on a weekly level and some of the records they ripped up along the way, truly amazing. And, and Randy Moss, to me, it was football at its peak entertainment when he was at the height of his game. Like, literally, dude would score four touchdowns in one half like it was nothing. Love his class. Great cash, homie. Um, um, <laughs> yes, sir. Um, I'm disgusted. Um, I don't think Moss should have been in on his first ballot because you didn't let Theo in on his first ballot. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did I interrupt what? you? Did I interrupt you? Oh. I don't think I did. Okay, good. Um, took Theo his third ballot to get in. These guys statistically are inseparable. 
One is one, one is two, one is two, one is three, one is three, one is two. They're inseparable statistically. It is debatable who had the biggest impact during this era. Some say Randy Moss, some say Terrell Owens. It's a debate because their statistics are so similar. Jerry Rice, head and shoulders, best wide receiver ever played a game. And then you have two and three, and I agree, it could be Moss and T.O. or it could be T.O. and Moss. It's a debate. That's what we do. But you made Terrell Owens wait for three years, and you put Randy Moss in on his first ballot. Why? I'm going to tell you why he got in. Because he's been doing TV, and he has changed his image because he's been on TV for the last two years. So everyone forgot who Randy Moss was when he played the game because they're looking at all these sports writers are looking at who he is now, and they're saying, what a great guy. Well, yeah, he's doing a great job on TV, and kudos to him. But he was a freaking jerk when he played pro football, and you held it against T.O. for being a jerk, but you let Randy Mawson on his first, his first vote? He should have been waiting one year, and then you bring him in next year. And let T.O. stand alone after you made him wait for two freaking years to get in. He was so hurt. He, didn't, he wasn't even there because he didn't want to go through the disappointment of not having a knock on the door for the third year in a row. So he wasn't even there. So when they did the, the NFL, the, 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 the honors, notice who wasn't on stage because he wasn't there. Not because he didn't want to be there. This is Carol Owens. This is I love me some me. This is the man who clamors the spotlight. No, that's not why he wasn't there. He wasn't there because he didn't want to go through the hurt and the rejection of third year in a row. So he protected himself. He says, forget this. I'm going to be out in L.A. doing my thing. I'm not, I'm not playing this game with these people no more. Oh, and now you let him in. But then you put Moss in on his first ballot. And Moss, that's all you hear him say, first ballot Hall of Famer, first ballot. Hey, congratulations. But I'm sorry. If you're going to send a message that, that it's more than just football, if that's the message you want to send and you want to talk about locker room and all this other stuff, then why do you let Randy Moss in on the first ballot? If T.O. statistics didn't scream enough to put him in on the first or even the second ballot, then how the hell do you let Randy Moss get in on the first ballot and pretend like he was a choir boy when he wasn't? Moon in the fans and all the crap that he used to say, and I play when I want to play. And What? I am disgusted. Now, let me be clear. Both of these guys are first ballot Hall of Famers. But here we go with the NFL. What's the term, J.B.? Say it for me one more time. Consistently inconsistent. That's what I'm explaining. Now, granted, this was sports writers, but this is the NFL running this show. The NFL runs the Hall of Fame, so they select who the sports writers are that vote. This show, this show deal. And this is the message you send? Earl Acker, no sweat. Ray Lewis, no sweat. Brian Dawkins, no sweat. Got you. No issues. Moss, got you. From a from a, a, a philosophical point of view, yes, he should be a first battle Hall of Famer. For shows, so should a Terrell Owens. It was asinine for them to do this to T.O. I felt bad for Tia that he wasn't there getting the glory he deserved. And now 
I'm watching 30 for 30s about Randy Moss and everything is Randy Moss, Randy Moss. Like T.O. didn't, like T.O. wasn't just as dominant. Like T.O. didn't change the game just like Moss did. Like T.O. wasn't a physical beast just in a different way. It's just ridiculous now. It is ridiculous. Yes, Randy Moss was probably the best deep threat we will ever see in the NFL. It's been a long time before we see that again. T.O. did it all, baby. Did it all. You want to go deep? I'll go deep. You want to go over the middle? I'll go over the middle. You want to hit me with the freaking double screen? Boom, I'm gone. It, 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 you know, and, and to, to act like he wasn't just as great as Moss is ridiculous. Those guys were on the same level for many years. And I think, it's, I think it is injustice that T.O. has to now take a back seat. It has to be, you know, yeah, he finally got in. Well, congratulations, T.O., finally got in. It's, 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 and you can't change that. That's, yeah, he's in, but now for the rest of his life, he got in on the third ballot, and his, and his, and his compadre there got in on the first ballot. I don't agree with it. Stop being inconsistent. Stop being unfair. Not happy in case y'all haven't realized, I'm not happy tonight. I'm very upset. Oh, really? So what you guys never noticed. Tell me, tell, tell, tell me where I'm wrong, k Come on, you must jump all down my throat. Well, tell me where I'm wrong. Well, well, first of all, I, here's the thing, right? Like, T.O. to me is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Okay? Can we, we agree that both players are first ballot Hall of Famers? Yeah, Agreed. I said that. Okay. Well, I don't like that. Moss should should be punished virtue of T.O. being snubbed twice when we all know that it was a farce and that he should have got in the first time. We all agreed on that. But you can't I don't change, see but you can't why now that. we got to knock. I don't why we got to knock T, uh, Moss down because of that. I mean, it's applying. It's again. It's there's no different than you set a precedent when Des Bryant did what he did, and you said that's not a catch. So Zach Ertz shouldn't have been a catch. You set a precedent, and you said. We're not just going to look at stats here. You set that precedent. Even though the bylaws of the Hall of Fame say it's on field, that's it. You set the precedent by looking at everything. So why does Randy Moss get in? Why, why aren't we looking at everything that he did? Because Lord knows he was disruptive. Lord knows he was a pain in the locker room. Lord knows he got shipped around. Heck, went back to Minnesota, what did he play, three games and was gone? Bill Belichick let him go. Why? Greatest receiver of all time, second greatest receiver of all time. After the 2017, um, 2000 and, oh, not 2017, um, 2007 season, 50 touchdowns with Brady, and the next year he was gone. Okay, so clearly, if you're going to apply that standard, why did you apply it to T.O. and not to Randy Moss? That's my point. It's not about what they did on the field. It's about the fact that you said we're not letting T.O. in for three years because of off-the-field stuff, locker room stuff, dividing team stuff. Well, Randy Moss is the same thing. But because he's been on TV the last couple of years and everybody loves him, you got Moss and him and Charles Woodson. And Charles Woodson, the best thing ever happened to Randy Moss, by the way. Everybody loves Charles Woodson. And so Charles Woodson has now made Randy Moss more human on, on, on when they do their stuff together. Because Charles Woodson doesn't have that tainted history that Moss has. Not everybody loves Randy Moss. It's like, it's like, wait a minute. I, I enjoy him too now, but I haven't forgotten <laughs> what he did on the field. 
and in the locker room and with the media. I haven't forgotten. So why do we now not apply the same rules? Why now does Randy Moss get a pass, but T.O. didn't? That's my problem here. Stop being I understand, but we don't, we don't like the rules. We, we didn't like the rules to begin with. <laughs> you know, we, we all agreed that it was, it, like it was, it was just intellectually dishonest. I think it's also intentionally dishonest to say that Moss shouldn't be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I understand your logic. It's just, I, I, listen, I don't know if they change any sports charges. I don't, I don't know enough about their voting process to say, to make any definitive claims. But I know that both are two of the greatest of all time and two, to me, first ballot Hall of Famers. Um, and to me, when Moss was at the top of his game, there was no better player ever when he was at his prime, when he was scoring those 23 touchdowns or, I mean, when he came into the rookie, his, his rookie year scoring 17 touchdowns, Moss at his peak was the best player I've ever seen. I mean, it's just that's okay, well, you're, you're, but, 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 but that has nothing to do with what I'm saying. That has zero to do with what I'm saying. Zero. Uh, and nothing to do well, with you, how yeah, you, you have your, your reason his, why you're saying peak. that he should – yeah, yeah and, and you have your reason. Right. I think I T.O. Think over his career had a better, more consistent career than Moss did. Moss may have had a higher peak season, but T.O. was um, number one receiver on five different teams. Moss wasn't. So I can argue T.O. just as you can argue Moss. The point is they're both the Hall of Famers. They're both top three, I really think when you look at the top three wide receivers ever, it's Jerry Rice, it's T.O., it's Randy Moss. I don't think Marvin Harrison gets in there. I don't. I don't think Chris Carter gets in there. I don't. You know, I don't think Fitzgerald gets in there, top three. I don't. You know, I don't know who else you got out there that, that has numbers up there. A.B. A- a- guys. AB's going to get in there. What? <laughs> so A.B. has now, a chance to so. get in there. No, not now. Well, well, we'll cross the There we go, A.B., blah, blah, blah. But anyway, um, not now. My point is I, I would comfortably say there's your one, two, and three. And you may say it's Rice, yep. Moss, Owen. I may say it's Rice, Owen, Moss. Okay, but my point is if you set a precedent, why did you change it this year? So it wasn't a precedent. You were just picking on T.O. And if you come out and say that, then I, then, then I shut up. Then I'll shut up. Then. Yeah. If you're saying no, it was just T.O., okay. Because that's what I believe it was. That's, that's what I believe it was. Well, it was just They T.O. should say that. They should say that because even Chris well, Carter, should. even Chris Carter had um, some off the field issues where he was kicked off of, I believe, cut from Philadelphia due to like cocaine or something. Like, you know, and he made, actually, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not sure. Did Chris make it on uh, as a first ballot? He might not have, but. No. No, no he did. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, good, because I don't think he's first ballot worthy, but that's a whole other discussion. Um, you know, but the point is, I mean, like Lawrence Taylor, he's clearly a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he had off-the-field issues. I mean, obviously, they had a bias against T.O., and they should come out and admit it. I just, you know, I, I, I would hope that they don't punish other players because of their bias, but, I mean, they got to – eventually, they got to right that wrong and, and at least the right, make that's some – right Right what well, is the right answer? They can't. They shouldn't punish players. everyone because they shouldn't. The right they shouldn't punish everyone punish else. And I, right I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Right. And I but agree that they shouldn't that standard, punish people as well. But if you're going to set well, that standard, well, it wasn't a standard. 
it wasn't the well, standard. I'm it was clearly an anomaly. No, no, we're saying no, but you're 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 missing. We're saying it wasn't a standard. They said it was. That's well, they're point. lying. They said it was. <laughs> obviously, yeah, and they're full they of shit. They're full of shit. And the first ballot, and I have a problem with that. And I am heartbroken to see. Oh, I even tweeted him. I'm, you know, I'm, I keep one out of probably thousands that he's got. So you know, but I tweeted him and I said, I feel bad that you weren't there. You should have been there. And it disgusts me that Randy's getting all of this publicity, even over Ray Lewis. Even over Ray Lewis. Small, small, I got sick of it. Like, I don't want him no more. Now, I was well, when he cried because of Jerry Rice. Okay, yeah, okay. Got it. That was awesome. You know, I got it. You know, you came a long way from, from being arrested and all that stuff when you were in college. I get it. I know the story, and I'm happy for it. And I'm happy for him. I am. I'm just, I'm a man who believes in fairness. That's me. My brother will tell you, I do not like when people are not treated fairly in any walk of life, under any circumstances. I don't care if you're a multi-zillionaire or if you're, you know, poor and homeless. People, I, I hate it. And when I see T.O. not being treated fairly, you know, and he's being interviewed before and he's telling people he doesn't care, T.O., you're lying. You care. You care. You deserve it, and, and you are heartbroken that they didn't. You know, this is a man, and, and this is my last comment on it, and, and this is where, this is really what gets to me. We know because he said it that Randy Moss didn't play every play. He said, I play when I want to. We know he went to Oakland and showed his ass out there, okay? Unlike Jerry Rice, his, his idol, who went to Oakland and played every play, okay? In the 40, up to 42 years old, went out there and played every play, Okay? We know that Randy Moss didn't do that for whatever his reason, because he admitted it. But we know that Terrell Owens did every play. No matter what they want to say about the locker room and the sit-ups in the parking lot and the celebrations and the sideline antics, when he stepped on that field, we know he played every single play. And that's what really gets me. And you made him wait till his third year to get in. Shouldn't that be, he should be, well, okay, Jerry Rice should be. But that work ethic right there, <laughs> that should be what you're celebrating. Look at what, look at, this is what we want. We want guys to go out there. One of y'all said y'all was through with the Pro Bowl. I don't blame you. Pro Bowl, they should just get rid of it all together. We never talked about it. Yeah. They should just get rid of the Pro Bowl. Sick of it now. Sick of it. I didn't even watch. I tried to watch it. I was all excited about it. And I watched the first quarter and I, I shut it off. They're not playing because they don't want to get hurt. That's not football, okay? If you're going to do a Pro Bowl, not just do flag football. Just have the guys play flag football because that's really what that is. Just have them dressed up in shorts and a t-shirt with a little belt, with a little flags, the little girly flags on the side, and just have them play flag football, okay? And, and we'll get just as much entertainment out of that as we did out of the Super Bowl. But what we see during the regular season during the playoffs in the Super Bowl, these guys landed on the line. And T.O. did it every play for 15 years. And he did not. He was great. He was great, but he did not. And it hurt me that T.O. didn't get the recognition that he deserved. He still has it. Right now, he, you don't, he, he's not being interviewed. You don't see him. His name flashes up on the screen. You would think he's one of those guys that got in on his last try. You would think he was one of those guys that got in from the senior division, like Everson Walls was going to have to get in that way now. That's what you would think. It's disgusting to me. Let's bring on out with a co-host. Dr. Cheney, you caught me on one of my soliloquies. 
And, yes, I know I might be a little bit closer here. I'm in a hotel. I'm in Melville, New York at the Four Point Sheridan. But, Dr. Train, welcome to the Madden Voice. Thank you, T. I don't know about T.O., but I like his first battle Hall of Famer. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> Let's get yes, it, baby. Fair to have. Yes, sir. Yes, he is. He's very memorable, unlike the Bears. So, yes, he is. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I mess with T.O. I got to mess with him back. Um, and just a reminder out there, everybody listening, Josh McDaniels, offensive coordinator, coordinator of the New England Patriots, is still the offensive coordinator of the New England Patriots. He will not be going to Indianapolis, and we will stay tuned because we suspect they write about more that, to this story. And people hear about that. Yep. Well, you know, Trey, we, we're surmising that between that and the whole Malcolm Butler benching at the last minute, something's up in, in New England. And maybe yeah, Belichick is. is not long for that job. Maybe something's hey. up. Hey. Josh Daniels, new head coach of New England. Bruh. What? <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe. Yes, sir. Don't laugh. It might be true. Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm laughing because it might be true. <laughs> Man. Now, let me ask you all a question, because I've missed it if they did. Did the, did the Giants announce, wasn't it Shermer that was supposed to take that job? Yeah, yeah they, 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 yeah, they did. They did announce it, so he's in there. Yeah, yeah they, they did announce it, yeah. I think that night that I brought okay. up Stephen uh, Wilkes taking Arizona, that, they did it the same time. Yeah, because okay. it was all right, right after um, yeah. the Vikings were eliminated. Okay. Okay. Um. So we we have to be consistent. We have to be consistently consistent on this show. And I have to be the one to actually, and I'll start this one off and then give you guys your thoughts. But, you know, I have been very hard on Cam Newton, okay? I I have been because because I can. I have been because he's deserved it. He's deserved it, and I I don't shy away from anything that I've said. And I will continue to be hard on Cam Newton, although I saw some positive things from him down the stretch. I saw some leadership from him. I saw him doing things better. So let's see what happens next season. But I got a bone to pick with the face of the league. I got a bone to pick with the man who, um, you know, uh, has five Super Bowl rings, him and Charles Haley having the most Super Bowl rings, played in uh, eight Super Bowls, um, or is it nine? Eight or nine. Eight. Have you played in nine Super Bowls? Eight. Thank you. Eight. Eight, eight Super eight. Bowls. Eight. I got a bone to pick. I got a bone to pick with him. Do y'all know what that bone might be? Do any of you three know what bone I might have to pick with Tom Brady right now? Yep. He dropped that wide open pass? No. <laughs> All right. I was just taking no. a shot in the dark. Sorry. He, he, like dark. he didn't want to touch hands with the quarterback. Who did catch that pass and shaking fools? <laughs> Salty. Oh. By the way, by the way, not for nothing and not to get into conspiracy theories, but I want y'all to, we'll get back to that in a second, but I want to back up real quick on that, that you brought up the pass that, that Fool did catch. So they called Zach Ertz a touchdown. 
I have emphatically said that if Des Bryant was not a touchdown, then Zach Ertz should not have done a touchdown. Okay? They called him a touchdown. Don't care. I um, disagree with that. What you just said, but go ahead. Well, okay. Um, uh, Clements, well, well, let, let me just be clear. I think Des was a touchdown. But if you call Des yes. incomplete, then you have to call Ertz incomplete. And they didn't do that. Yeah, I don't. Clements? Yeah, I don't agree with that. Clements, back of the end zone. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that was a touchdown. I saw the ball move based on NFL rules of keeping control. And yeah. based on that, when the ball moved, that second foot hit the, hit the end line. Shouldn't have been a touchdown. Okay? So that's two touchdowns that could have went either way based on the NFL established rules, based on their interpretation of their own rules, based on things that we've seen this very year from the NFL. Either one of those calls could have went the other way, but Philly got both of those calls. I want y'all to go back and look at the Nick Foles touchdown play. And I want y'all to realize that the NFL has a rule that you have to have seven guys on the line of scrimmage. And I want you to go look at that play and realize that there were six guys on the line of scrimmage and that they, got, they did not get called for illegal formation on the Nick Foles touchdown. And they should have been. And that should not have been a touchdown for that very reason. Now, don't, don't believe me. You guys all have eyes. Y'all have TVs. Mm. Go, go, go back and watch the play, and you'll see that there are four guys plus the quarterback behind the line of scrimmage. That's five. That's not the rule. The rule is you have seven on the line of scrimmage, not six. So it was an illegal formation that they did not call. Now, I can't take the credit that I discovered it. I, I, I spent a lot of time surfing the net and looking at different things, and, and, I, and, and that was one. And I, and I went back, and I looked, and I said, oh, my. Now, here's the problem. Oh, wow. And here's the problem. When the wide receivers line up, they look at the ref. If you guys ever notice, they point at the ref. The ref gives them the sign that they're lined up properly. That's what that's all about. They point at the ref, and the ref gives them the sign, yep, you're good. And if they're not, the ref will let them know, and they'll adjust. They have a split second to adjust. Um, I think it was Tory Smith, but don't quote me. One of them did go over, and even though he was off the line of scrimmage, the ref said he was fine. He wasn't. He should have been on the line of scrimmage. So I'm not going to say conspiracy theory, but something smells rotten here. It just, it just smells a little rotten. And a lot of people would say good because with everything New England's done, then good. Okay, I can't argue that. But I'm just pointing some things out. A little too much, little too much soft on the side of Philly here. Just a little too much soft. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. Um. But to go back to my original point, okay, so go ahead and say it for me one more time. You, you said it so eloquently, man. I just want to hear you say, what's your original point here about Tom, the GOAT Brady? What's the original point about Tom? Oh, yeah, yeah, The man, the man didn't shake me full's hand. He didn't shake his hand. Ah. He was jealous of his hand. Jealous of his hand because his hands actually allowed him the ability to catch a wide open pass. Unlike Tom's, he didn't shake it. <laughs> Uh, I'm hearing that and I'm staring at a bag of butterfingers too. <laughs> That's the reason. Oh man. Bruh. Man. 
You're stupid. There we go. I, that. <laughs> I needed that. I needed that one. I, I needed that one. Um, yeah. Um, you know, I don't. I. I, I, wow. I think You know, here we go again with the consistently inconsistent and barely covered by the media. Barely covered by the media. Now, you know, dare I dare I say, I hate I hate to bring race into this. I really do. I hate to do it. No, I don't. I love doing it because it is what it is. It's the times we live in. Really? So when mm-hmm. the black quarterback doesn't do it, it's all over the news. Mm-hmm. When Cam Newton doesn't do something that he's supposed to do, but Mr. Brady, mm-hmm. the greatest of all time, Superman, you know, and he doesn't do it, and it's excused. It's barely even discussed. It's barely even talked about. He's not. He's not excoriated in the press. He's not questioned relentlessly about it. I mean, I don't get it. I don't get, you know, that's wrong, man. I mean, hey, I get it. You played, Tom Brady played his butt off, and they did not lose. Even though he fumbled late in the game, I do not believe. And you guys can differ from me if you want. I don't, I won't put that game on Brady at all. 500 yards. Yeah, yeah he was, the guy was insane. He was insane. And they each made one big mistake. He made that one mistake, and Foles made one early. Well, it was Foles' fault, but. He just throw an interception, even though it really wasn't his fault. Um, but they both had a turnover, so they washed each other out. Tom Brady was incredible in this game, so it ain't his fault. But that said, come on, man. You don't – this Super Bowl. You are the face of the league. You are Tom Brady. You, just, you got TV 12 and Tom versus Time. You got watch Facebook things going on and all that. You know, and, and you can't go over and just shake the hand of the guy, your your opponent, like you did every other Super Bowl. Yeah, no problem shaking hands when you won. Guys, am I wrong? Am I missing something? Please, please help me here. Am I wrong? No. I, I no. haven't heard anything wrong yet myself. I'm, I, I have not heard one thing that I could disagree with. Let me tell you what made me feel good about this Patriots loss. Uh, it's the fact that I do not have to listen or hear about Tom Brady going to the White House, kissed on Trump's ass. I love it. <laughs> yeah, now the Eagles are going to be like, hey, fuck you, Trump. We ain't coming. We got this Super Bowl. Ah, fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah. Hey, I just have to ask yeah, Dr. I like Train that. one question. I got to ask Dr. Train one question because obviously you're not in front of your wife talking all this anti-Patriot crap. Um, obviously, and, 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 and how was your night sleeping, sleeping on the couch after the Eagles, after the Eagles won? How was it? How was, how'd the couch feel? That the bed, night? the bed was warm. You know what I'm saying? The bed, That's the what bed you was, need to know. The, the bed, bed was, was warm. warm. They thought it was a big bed. Yeah, the shoulder was cold. The shoulder was cold. That's black woman. Literally, literally, my wife isn't like a diehard killer football fan. She's like a passive Patriot, if they do nice fans. But, yeah, I really didn't. I, to be honest, man, I didn't really pull for either team like the whole game. I just enjoyed the game as it was. Yep, I, I yeah. literally saw it was 38-33, and I'm just like, oh, shit, New England about to do it again. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> right. And then it comes the sack, the, the, the sack strip. So, hey. Right, 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 right. Um, okay. 
let's move on. Let's talk about Nick Foles. What now for Nick Foles? JV, he's under contract for one more year, so technically Philly doesn't have to do anything with him. But mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? Should Nick Foles want to be traded? Should Philly trade him? Should Philly, you know, uh, uh, keep him? Uh, you know, what, what, what do you think should or will happen with Nick Foles? Well, if, if I'm Nick Foles, I'm looking for a, a starting gig. And I know we had talked a, a couple of weeks about the uh, possible quarterback controversy and uh, at least a discussion about it. And I still think it's viable. I, it's probably not going to happen, but I still think it's viable. But uh, if I'm Foles, I'm looking for a starting gig. I mean, I done showed that I can play the game at the highest level. I'm the MVP, Super Bowl champ. Um, and, and there's a gang of, of teams out there that are in desperate need of a quarterback. I'm looking to see where I can get not only get paid but be a starter. Mm. Okay. Uh, K-Star, agree, disagree? Uh, I mean, I think that Nick Foles is – the market's going to demand Nick Foles gets paid, and I don't know if Philly can afford that. Um, you know, I think that they, they would love to keep him, especially given Wentz's injury. Um and clearly the, what Foles is capable of doing if Wentz were to go down. But I don't think they'll be able to afford to. Um, I don't think that Foles mm-hmm. is going to play at his current contract. And, you know, I don't really think he probably should, given that he made the most of his opportunity. Um, but at the same time, Philly would, should try to keep him and do what they can to keep him, given uh, Wentz's injury. I mean, that's, it's, it's, a, it's really a foolproof plan there. Mm. Train, you agree? Mm. Mm-hmm. Nothing they said. Uh, yeah, understand, Nick Foles don't have control of his contract at this present moment. He does not. The Eagles do. He's under contract for another year. If they want to keep him, they will. The only way, if I was the GM of the Eagles, I would let him go if a team made me a ridiculous offer. Other than that, I have my starter and I have my backup who's proven that he can win a Super Bowl. Why should I change anything? The Eagles own all well, the power in this. Yeah, and the reason they should to answer your question is because they will never have a higher value on Nick Foles than right now. So they should be looking very, to shop him around and get, get something exactly. for him. I'm, I'm, you're right. I'm not saying they shouldn't, but I'm saying he does not leave unless the deal is in the Eagles' favor. Because if the injury happens again, God forbid, injury happens again, and Nick Foles is not there, and you let him go for a little nothing or not enough for what he just did? Oh, no. You need something yeah. for that guy. And I'm Philly, talking, Philly first round. I, ain't talking about, I ain't talking about nothing less than first round and something. ain't get a first round. Philly. Super Bowl winning quarterback, period. Well, yeah, you can get a first round pick. You can't say, you can't say that's not going to happen because teams he are will. thirsty. No, it's the most important I, I position. Can. It's the most important position in football. If, I, if, if teams got it, they will, give, they will give it up. It's not what we I will do. It's just what a desperate team will do. What would yeah, a desperate yeah, yeah. team do? Yeah. And, and with the draft coming up and the number of quarterbacks in this draft, at least five, I don't see them giving, the first, Man, I don't see them you, giving up a first. Okay, but first have you seen the trend? Guy. But have you seen the trend leading up to this draft? Let's take it mid-season. Yeah. 
midseason, we're talking about a, a Browns team that's thirsty that they know they needed a quarterback. Yet they were still they were in the they were in the midst of trying to trade midseason to get somebody. Then here now it's end of the season. Alex Smith is available, and it's got wind that the Browns tried to go after him along with other teams. Teams are not waiting on these rookies. They won't prove that they want to win now. And they have three first-round picks. Yeah, they're not waiting. I understand that there may be. Well, 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 if you want to well, present well, a draft well, pick, well, wait, wait, wait. yes, they're but not, they're wait, not wait, waiting wait, wait. for that. They're not waiting. But how many rookies have we seen come into the NFL and start right away? So what are you saying when you say they're not waiting? That's absolutely not true. What I'm saying it is they're not the they're team. not waiting for the draft to decide on their quarterback position. Well, they are not, being aggressive not, if and getting if you're using and getting the someone in there. As your ref, wait, if you're using the Browns as your reference, you need to find the, another the, team. The 49ers you know, traded to get to Jimmy Garoppolo. The Browns are one of the only teams. The 49ers traded to get Garoppolo. So, so that's another team that needed a quarterback, and they made a move. I'm just wondering if I get to respond because we're trying to respond. First you said the Browns. I'm saying pick another team because the Browns, they can't get it right. And how many quarterbacks have they had? So to, to pick the Browns is not going to boost your point. Second of all, the Rockwell team still, it's a no, because they haven't. Okay, so we're going to count the Browns who hasn't signed or drafted a decent quarterback. Okay, I'm waiting. Who have they signed or drafted that has done anything in the last 10 years? Thank you. Point proven. So, no, not my the point is, No, your point is not proven because they're an NFL team. I'm talking NFL team. I don't need to talk about what the Browns I'm did in the past. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about the trend of what teams have done this season. Not about what the Browns have done in the past. I'm talking about what, the, what, the what they've done in Trends okay. are you uh, can't you uh, can't wait wait you can't you can't have it both ways. You can't say a trend. I'm not having it both ways. See, you're trying so to take my point matter. to somewhere where it doesn't belong. That's not the point I'm making. You're trying to change what I am saying. Isn't your point in response to my point where I said a team won't give up a first round pick? Ain't that what we're talking about here? And you're saying they will, and I'm that's saying exactly they will. What we're, that's oh. exactly what we're talking about. And I'm, but that, that's not that's not me talking about the, what the Browns have done a year ago, or or not or not being able to fill the quarterback position. You use the Browns as a reference. I'm saying where have the Browns traded a first round pick to get a quarterback? It hasn't happened. And neither did the 49ers. If you bring up Garoppolo, they didn't get a first round pick for Garoppolo. No, no. My my point of bringing them up, T. My point of bringing them up is you can't say what a team won't do to fill their quarterback position and saying that, oh, we got a slew of quarterbacks coming out doesn't really mean anything because these teams started making moves to fill their quarterback position midseason before the trade deadline. They're not waiting on this draft. That's my point. That's all. Our, 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 our show is based on predicting what teams will and won't do. I don't know what show you're on. But that's what we do. In my opinion, they won't do it. In your opinion, they will. Isn't that what we do here? I'm saying they won't do it for this guy. You're saying they will. Okay, we disagree. That's what we do here on this show is we debate positions. You can't now say, well, that's a position we shouldn't debate. No, it is one we should debate. That is not what I did. Let's carry on. Carry on. I don't need a reminder what the show is about. Let's carry on. Uh, I, 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 you know, I'm being, I'm telling you that in my opinion, they will not, um, they, they will not offer a first round pick for Foles. 
That's my opinion. I don't think he's played to the level of first-round pickability. Now, if that happens and we get the report of that, I have no problem coming back on here and saying, I guess I was wrong. But I don't think he's, I don't think he's at that level. Second round, maybe. Um, Garoppolo didn't get a first-round pick. I mean, we know where he came from. He didn't generate that. So, that's that. Garoppolo that hasn't won a Super Bowl let me jump in on this one because, first off, this is probably one of the more deeper quarterback drafts in recent memory. Uh, you've got potentially five, maybe six different quarterbacks that could be drafted in the first round. So put that out there. That don't matter. Oh, well, no. It, in this case, it does. In, in, in drafts where it's not a deep quarterback class, Train, your, your point has some validity. But in this one, because the draft is so deep in quarterbacks, um, it gets pushed to, to the side a bit. Then you add in the fact that you've got potential free agents out there. You've got uh, Blake Bortles that is probably going to be gone. You've got, um, mm-hmm. obviously, Alex Smith has already been dealt. So, so you've got, you've got Third different cousin? teams out there that have different needs Third at quarterbacks. So, say what? So – I was saying Kirk Cousins is the main free agent quarterback that's out there. Right. He's, okay. So the, he's the main one, but he's not the only one. He's the main one, but not the only one. And he's going to demand a lot of money. He's going to demand probably more than what Nick Foles would be asking for. So the, the fact that the point that I'm trying to make is it's, it's too deep of a class for folks to just trade away their first round pick. If it weren't for that, then I could see where you're going. But the draft for quarterbacks is just too deep, way too deep. So we're at the we're at the agree to split the baby here because I think you guys are both you uh, JB and T are 100 percent wrong and Train's 100 percent right because literally the Browns try to trade for AJ McCarron, they try to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, and they tried to fucking trade for Alex Smith. The okay? Smith. They have three first round picks. They have, on, the they have three. Okay, yeah, they have three first. Yeah, the they have the arsenal. It doesn't matter, T. That's not a point. That's not a legitimate point. That has nothing to do with anything. There's still a team. It takes one team, one team, to to make this trade happen. To, to put the offer out there. Okay. The so did pick. they trade a first round pick for a quarterback? Did they do it though? Since you want to talk about the Browns, did they do it? Did they trade a first round pick for a quarterback? The answer they is offered. no. They did. They put the offer happen. out there because the it other teams happen. didn't say yes. The other team didn't and they also say yes. With their first round pick and it bombed. We don't know what the offer was. It, that's, they have no freaking idea what they're doing. Uh, okay, that's you're fine. The team that's but had that, eight that kind quarterbacks of, in 10 years, and you're t- using them as your example. Eight quarterbacks yeah, in 10 um, years. Yeah, absolutely. Saying, well, that's, you realize, you're, you're actually helping my point because you're trying to say that, oh, well, logically speaking, this, this draft is filled with, with a lot of quarterback talent. But then, on the other hand, you're saying, oh, well, we can't count the Browns. They might do something that's ridiculous given their history. So isn't that so also then suggesting that if you believe that to be true, then wouldn't they be the prime team to make that first-round offer for Nick Foles? To do something stupid like that? Sure, they would be the prime team because everything well, they've done, the quarterback-wise, is stupid. Okay, so well, then no, you're admitting it would be a stupid move if the Browns did it because everything else they've done, quarterback-wise, over the last decade has been stupid. And, and I mean, it's irrelevant whether or not it's intelligent. It's a matter of what a team will do. The same, by the way, the same, the, the same Eagles team. 
they freaking got a first-round pick for Sam Bradford. So, I mean, let's not act like they're, they're shy of trading away quarterbacks. They did it literally just like two years ago. Somebody did do that. Yeah, I thought that was yep. <laughs> yep. Wow. That was Minnesota. Has, 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 somebody trade. did do that one. As, as, well, I didn't say it never happened. I said it won't happen for full. So let's not put words <laughs> in my mouth. I speak, I speak very clear English. If y'all, y'all get the wax out and hear what I said, I said it won't happen for Nick Foles because the draft has quarterbacks heavy. And when you said train, well, he's Super Bowl MVP. Did he lead them to, to the Super Bowl? No, that would have been Carson Wentz who actually won the games that put them in position, not Foles. If Foles had played the whole year and done it, I'd have nothing to say. He finished the journey that Wentz put them on, and it ended his regular season but, was terrible. His playoffs were but, very but, good because Peterson, but, because Peterson changed the system and put Foles in the position to be successful. That's so what the coaches do. I don't see true. Absolutely, we agree there. And Peterson, mm-hmm. and, and we're going to get to Peterson and Belichick shortly. But I don't see Foles garnering enough interest to get a first-round pick, not even from the Browns, not even from the Browns. That's my point. Like, I never said it never happened. I never said and no something the NFL never does. What I said was this quarterback at this time, it won't happen. That's my opinion. And we will see. Well, we have nobody knew opinion. Nick Foles was going to be this good in the playoffs, but everybody knew what the draft class was going to be for quarterbacks. So no one knows. Also no one knows the draft. And they were still, no they were still no making moves to fill their quarterback position in midseason and at the end of the season, knowing that they got quarterbacks in this draft. Like I said, I don't know how deep how deep this draft class is. Teams were not waiting to find out what these what these prospects would do. They were trying to fill their quarterback position. And, and prospects are prospects. We don't know what they're going to do anyway. And I mean. We're kind of making an assumption of rational coaching that the Browns shouldn't or the Browns won't make that trade for Foles. But, I mean, that's kind of projecting your own rationality on them. So, Well, well I know it's really projecting their demonstrated I don't, think, I don't see the Browns putting that package out to get rid of one of their top four picks. They've got a first-rounder. they got a two in the first-rounder, the first pick and the fourth pick. I don't see either one of those being traded for Foles. That's, that's where I'm coming from. And part of that is due to the fact that you've got five or six potential quarterbacks that could fill either one of those spots. I'm speaking specifically on the right now, not talking about what happened midseason, not talking about Garoppolo. I'm talking about right now with what's going on with the quarterbacks that are available in the draft versus what Foles could demand out in the market. That's all I'm saying. And that's, Gary, that's, I mean, just to be clear, that's exactly what I'm saying. I ain't talking about midseason, beginning of the season. I'm talking about right now, as we go into the off season. I don't see it happening right now in this off season for Nick Foles. Now, we will see. I just don't see him garnering that value. That's all. Don't see it. Uh-huh. So, we will see. And, and as Kaysar said, or maybe Train said it, one of y'all said it, Philly ain't got to do anything. They're, they are in the catbird seat. They ain't got to do anything. Now, I think it would be yeah, Philly all, unfair to Nick Foles. They're the key to all this. But yeah, I think that, true. to me, that would be, in my opinion, completely unfair to Nick Foles. The guy won you a Super Bowl, do, do the right thing, and allow him. If, if You know he ain't going to be. Now maybe, hey, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Maybe, maybe there's a controversy going. Maybe there isn't. 
I, I, I'd like to think there isn't. I think Carson Wentz has done enough to be the franchise quarterback, but who knows? But if he's your guy, then I think they should do the right thing. Get, let him go. He, he brought you Super Bowl. You reward him, and you, you say, okay, we're going to put you on the trading block, and we're going we're gonna to sell you to the highest better, give you a chance to go get a job okay, somewhere so, else. Okay, so, T, let me, let, me let me understand what you're saying. And if you don't mind, just let me, just let me ask you one clear, clear question. You are now the general manager of the Eagles. Nick Foles just won you the Super Bowl. Carson Wentz is recovering. Not a hundred percent chance he may be ready when training camp starts, when the season starts. You're saying Terrence Floyd, as GM of the Philadelphia Eagles, would for sure trade away Nick Foles because he feels like that's the right thing to do for Nick Foles, regardless of what it may cost the Eagles. No, 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 that wouldn't be the only reason. This is a business. I'm saying okay. you're not going to keep him. That, that, well, Get rid of him while yeah. he's at the peak of his value. And, oh, yeah, it would be a good thing to do for him as well. It would be the right way to treat him as well, but it is not the only reason you do it. But if Carson Wentz is your guy, then get what you can get for Foles now while you can because you're, built, you're trying to build a team for the next 10 years. So if you can get that first-round pick that we're debating about, then take it. If you can get a second and a third or a second and a player, a young player that you can develop, then take it because you're trying to build your team for the next decade. And if Wentz is your guy, then, then do it. And, oh, yeah, it is also the right thing to do because the guy won your Super Bowl, so allow him the chance to go out and – and, you know, uh, 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 get a job somewhere else since you know you don't have a job for him. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to do it because of that reason, because NFL, they, they're not like that, although obviously Bob Kraft is, because that's exactly what he did with Garoppolo. Did he let him go? Because clearly the story was that uh, 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 Belichick wanted to move on to Garoppolo, and uh, Kraft said, I'm sticking with but my they boy, had a- so guess what? Their situation so was quite let, different, though. So, well, Belichick called uh, Shanahan and said, you want Garoppolo? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I got that part, but I'm saying their, their, their situation was slightly different because Garoppolo would have was a free agent after this season, and the only way they would have been able to keep him is to either franchise him or give him a brand-new contract. So they, right, their they hands, they, they got to make a move. But yeah. right, but they didn't shop him. Is my point. Like, like that was a that was a phone call to a friend. I got this great quarterback that I think will be good for you. Want him? You can have him. That's how that happened. They didn't they didn't put him out there to the highest bidder. They didn't go to his agent and say we we're going to trade him, see what you can get. You see the difference? That was a that was a hey take him. You guys will love him. And guess what? They, they just straight shipped him to San Francisco for. Or just what they could get, right? Which I think it was a third or a fourth round pick. I think it was a fourth round pick. They got it was ball, a sec- which was I thought it was a second. For I thought they got a second round for Garoppolo. Yeah, that was a second. Yeah, okay, yeah. second. Yeah, that was second. Was second. So yeah. you know, but that was a phone call and a handshake, and okay, he's yours. I say for Foles, I do think, and they won't. That's where you're going. They won't. But I think that's the problem with the NFL. You know. You, you, you know, these guys are one hit away from being Ryan Shazier, and thank God 
He's walking again, wishing the best. Hope he continues to proceed and can live a normal life. Won't even give a damn about playing football. Just hope he can live a normal life. So great news yep. to hear that he was walking again. And, and But that's what these guys go through on every play. So what's wrong with being a little humane and, and giving back to a guy that brought you a Super Bowl at a time that really y'all wasn't really favored? Like people had y'all dead and buried when Carson went to including all of us. It was over. Yeah. That guy went and brought the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Do something good for the guy. Let him go out there and get a good job somewhere. Let him continue his career. Show him you appreciate what he did for you guys. That's just my opinion. I don't know. Maybe I'll make him the highest paid backup. I just, from, I guess my pers- my perspective, <laughs> sorry, my perspective is that I'm the general manager for the Eagles, so my interest is what do I do? What's the best interest for my team? And I, I know my starter will return but will he be back in time for the season? I'm not trying to start off on the wrong foot. I'm not trying to start off with losing no games, but I know I have a back, I know I have a backup in Nick Foles that's capable of winning. So, do, you know, that's why my, my original statement was, if they can get a ridiculous offer, by all means, do what you do. From a GM's perspective, that's train, absolutely correct. Train, from a GM's perspective, Hold on. Hold on. Train, let me ask you a question. So, yes. in your scenario, they keep full, the season starts, Wentz is on his way, but he's not, he's not ready. They play three, four games, um, whatever happens, happens. We won't even go the other route of Romo and Dak, right? We won't even go that route of what happens if Cole okay. starts off the season and he's 4-0, 5-0, and now Wentz is ready. We won't, let's save that for another conversation. Let's just assume Foles goes in, he's serviceable, or when Wentz is healthy, let's say it takes a month, and we're now in October, and now it's Wentz's team. Do you think that Foles will have the same value in October of the following season that he would have now or over the next couple of months? Is he playing well? Are the Eagles winning? Yeah, he's playing well. Yeah, they're playing well, okay. Eagles winning? He's not, yes. he's, not, he's, not, he's not lighting it up, but he's not. You know, because if, if he's lighting it up, now we have a quarterback controversy, okay? So we have to be reasonable here. If Wentz goes back in, it's because there's still something left, right? Because, come on now. We, I mean, we well, can have that conversation. Well, well, I look at it – I. I, I look at I look at it I look at it like this, uh, and I'm gonna see. Uh, I'm not gonna try to veer off to the left and, and answer your question. I look at it like this. Uh, we just made a statement statement about a solid five, six, seven minutes ago about Doug Peterson being a really good head coach. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. the way he coached that game, and the way he adjusted things for Nick Foles, and yeah. seeing him play in the playoffs like that, we know. Hey, the playoffs is for real. Like, we've seen quarterbacks kill it regular season and crumble like withered leaves in the playoffs. And we saw this dude stand strong, make plays. I mean, and, and so in my, for, for me, when I see that, I'm like, okay, I can see that continuing regular season. And, yes, I still think he will garner a ton of value if he's playing like that regular season. So here's the, here's the challenge you have. If you're keeping okay. him based on what you're saying because you don't know that Vince is going to be ready, so you're keeping him to take over the team until Vince is ready, then based on that question, you really need to get rid of him now because if you do that, you need to be prepared that he keeps the team. Because what happens 
You go into October 5-0, and now Winston's ready. This guy hasn't lost a game. Nobody is going to – I say, I just lived it in Dallas. They're not going to bench fold. You're going to keep them in there. So if you're keeping him, if you're keeping him, you have to be prepared. That might be your quarterback next year. And that's okay if you're prepared for that, if you're prepared for that. Because I'm going to tell you, ain't a GM in the world. We saw it in Dallas. We saw it in New England 18 years ago. Ain't a GM in the world that this guy's going to go and pull him out for Wentz, for Aaron Rodgers, for, for anybody. He ain't getting pulled if he's winning. NFL too damn superstitious. You ain't going to put him in. He's a backup that ain't played in over a year. I mean, you're starter, and you're going to put him in, and he's rusty, and not. no, you're not. You're going to say we're going to ride Well, you know, every, every – I, I, I hear you, T, and, I, and, I, and it's not that I disagree with you wholeheartedly. I do feel where you're coming from. The Dallas, Dallas is definitely, definitely a good example. I think when you, you just kind of have a slight wrinkle where – you had a you had a quarterback in Romo who you know is good, but that injury that he has keep happening. You know what I'm saying? And then you have uh, a guy who's much much younger, and this is only his second year. So it's he just it's winning. just another small wrinkle to take into consideration that you know that wasn't Winston was playing out his mind before he got hurt. Like yeah, but when the best in the league as when he got hurt. Yeah, but when, first year he's average, but he average. okay, second year he's playing out of his mind. Now he hasn't played in a year, and now you got a guy that's six and all. I'm telling you, he's gonna keep playing. So if you keep, playing, I, I don't know that. I mean, if you keep, I, 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 you could say you don't know that, but honestly, you truly think, Shane, you know football. You've been watching football your whole life. You truly think. That if the Eagles are five and zero, six and zero, and Wentz is healthy, that Foles is going to get pulled, and they're going to start Wentz. You truly believe that? I can see it happening. Well, I don't think I, I. I mean, that's fine that you say that. I don't think I don't see it happening, and I don't think we have precedence in the NFL where that's happened. I don't think we could find a time where the backup has come in, played well, one game consistently. And then got pulled when it started with Elsie. And we can talk about the Patriots. We can talk about the Giants. We can talk about the Cowboys. I mean, every example is if the, if the, if the guy coming in is winning, the team ain't going to mess with that chemistry. I don't care who it is. They're going to they gonna ride that wave until that guy gives them reason to fall. And if Philly is ready for that possibility, if you feel that strongly about Foles because of what he showed you in three postseason games, so it is not unlikely that he can go in there and keep it going. It's not unlikely. You've got a decision to make. Do you risk the quarterback controversy next year with your franchise quarterback, or do you get rid of him now at what I say is his peak value? If I'm that general manager, I'm looking for a serviceable backup that I can pull in, that I can have come in and get me four games at 2-2, two and two, and I'm waiting on Carson Wentz because he's my next 10 years. He already showed me 33 and 7. He already showed me what he can do. And I'm getting what – so here I'm in a win-win situation because I'm taking – I think polls, that's a bigger I'm gamble. I'm them now, but here's, here's, here's why it's a win-win. You don't know what Foles is going to be worth next season. You don't know. You know what he's worth now because, as you said, he's a Super Bowl champion. So 
you know he's got some cachet and some value now. That we know. We don't know when the season starts after the draft, after these new quarterbacks come in and everybody starts playing. We don't know what he's going to be worth. He might be worth more. He might be worth less. He could go in there and totally revert back to the guy we saw in, uh, in Los Angeles. We don't know. But we know what he's worth now. So if you're trying to build a team for 10 years, they get that, you better ship that boy out now at his highest peak and put your money on your horse. That's your man. Put your money on him. He'll be back at some point, but that's what you bank on. Don't bank on, on Foles. That's not your horse. He still in. did a great job. Thank you much. Super Bowl ring, but I think Carson's going to get me. If I'm a GM, my boy Carson went Pennsylvania, he's going to get me two, three more. I'm going to put my money on him. That's, that's how I look at it. Or get ready for a quarterback controversy. It's the, it's the man that you brought in to back up. He's playing like you want him to keep playing. Oh, you're going to have a nice one next season. I'm going to sit back with T.O. Me and T.O. going to sit on the sideline together eating our popcorn. He got that butterfly popcorn with the seasonings on it. We're going to be sitting eating our popcorn watching this one. Everybody's talking bad about Dallas two years ago in Dallas. You know, everybody, you know, start, you know, what is that? We can't put that, that, that one day. But it's only team. You got to be set to We're going to die. They're going to be the same situation. We're going to be sitting there. We're going to be watching what y'all going to do. Two <laughs> both champions sitting what you're going to do. <laughs> That's why I say avoid it altogether. I'm speaking from experience. Avoid You don't want to go through it. You really don't. Not good for the team. Not good. Not good. Anyway. All right. You guys there. I know me and Train had to have our little dialogue. Y'all wasn't with us last Friday when we did our thing, so, you know, Train and I have this little thing, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, so let's, talk, let's talk about Brady and I'm just, let's talk about, um, um, well, let's talk about Brady first. Then we're going to go to Belichick and Peterson. Um, there's a lot of discussion now that Brady lost that he's reversed his legacy a bit. And I even heard Rob Parker on on, uh, on uh, for, uh, Fox Sports say that, um, as far as he's concerned, Joe Montana returns to being the best quarterback of all time, that this loss by Brady has um, reverted him back to number Joe Montana, 4-0, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions, and four Super Bowls, greatest quarterback of all time. Brady at 5-3, and three. well, sorry, you lost. Your legacy is fluid. You can't you can't maintain being the best and then lose the big game and still be the best. What do y'all think, JB? Start with you. Validity to that story, or Brady's there and that's just the way it is. I mean, there's, there's some validity to it, but I mean, we're, we're talking about getting to the Super Bowl eight times, eight times. That's I mean, put that in in perspective. Eight times you've made it to the Super Bowl, and it, You've won five of them. Some validity, but I was still if, – if Brady was number one going in because of the number of Super Bowls that he's gone to and the fact that it's not like he stunk it up. He threw for a Super Bowl record, I think, over 500 yards, so it's not like he played awful. Uh, I, if, he, if he was number one going in, he wouldn't lose my vote for, for dropping to number two. I'd keep him at number one if that's the case. By the way, NFL Network is reporting that Malcolm Butler is denying all the accusations of him going to a concert, missing um, missing curfew, being late to meetings. He's saying all of those stuff that's being reported is completely false. The plot. Okay. Um, boy, oh, boy. Mm, boy, it's going to be a juicy offseason. Um, yeah, that's what I was uh, in the beginning. There's a dude coming. 
Uh, K-Star, what are your thoughts on number one, number two, Montana, Brady? Um, Brady's number one. I mean, the guy played a remarkable game. It's you know you lying. You need to stop. You know you know you want to say Roethlisberger is number one. Just just say it. No, yeah, you sitting over there. You know, facing <laughs> Tony. This guy, uh, Brady's number one. He's sitting there with his fingers crossed. Hey, you want to say, well, Big Ben's really number one. See, just saying. No, I mean I would love for that to be the case, but no, Brady's the goat. It is what it is. He played an incredible game, a classic game, and um, didn't get much help from his defense. So you can't you can't fault a dude who threw for five hundred and three. I mean, is that just the guy up and went up and down the field for the entirety of the game. You know, it's not his fault. He his team couldn't get stops in fourth fourth and ones, fourth and twos with the game on the line. Um, I, I just don't know what more you you know he could have done to to put on the all time performance and lost. He does need to learn how to catch though. But anyway, um, train, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'll be that. <laughs> I think I got it. I think I got it. This. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just say a few words. It's respect the dynasty. Because it was, uh, it, that's why I really didn't care who won this game. Like, if the Patriots won, I was just like, wow, just respect the dynasty. That's a long time to, to consistently make the playoffs and to make that many Super Bowl appearances. So I don't see how a person tarnished their legacy from playing in eight Super Bowls. Still scratching my head on that one, but oh well. By the way, by the way, everybody, just so you know, Newsflash Train is home now. He's home because if you notice, the voice has changed. The tone has changed. He's now home. He's in his domicile. He's home. See, when he wasn't home, he was telling you he was loud and obnoxious. And now he's home. Everything's changed. Now he's home. Why did I know that? Uh, I love this. I love this. Okay. Um, uh, so let's talk coaching. You know, I don't know. I, I don't want to go to train on this one. Train, you're, 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 you're the technician. You know, you're the detailed guy here. You're the man with the PhD. You know, Peterson, man. I mean, I mean, Belichick. We've all said it that he's the goat as far as head coaches go. We've all said it on this show. Okay, does anybody disagree? Belichick's the goat, right? Okay, we all agree. But damn, what is it? I mean, Peterson outcoached the goat. And I mean, help me here. Was Peterson not a bad boy on Sunday? And before I answer, let, let me, yeah, please understand. It definitely didn't didn't start with the the game against the Patriots. The minute Nick Foles took over as quarterback, and the way he prepared and got his team through uh, uh, two playoffs games before the Super Bowl, defense uh, allowing only 17 total points in two games, uh, they opened the floodgates in the Super Bowl. But then on top of that to constantly hear the story that we've all that we've all listened the whole week long. Teams get up on on, on the Patriots, but they don't never keep the keep their pedal on the gas keep their foot on the gas. They let up and they try to play not to lose. They get a little conservative. This dude was still playing like the score was calling plays like it was zero zero. <laughs> like the next score has to happen. And you know, we, we've constantly heard throughout Bill Chess' career that he's he's you know trains his team for situational football, and it'd be interesting if you know some things come out about Doug Peterson about exactly how he prepares his team. But 
immaculate job. You know, it, it definitely stand aggressive. And mind you, you know, T, I always hear your story when you go out to this drink and stuff and you run into fans who think they know football but they don't know football. Does it make you scratch your head mm. when you open their mouth because you'd be like, why are you even talking? So as we're watching the game, we're watching the game, right? And it's around that, that 33, 32, 38, 33 score. And it, and the guys who are rooting for the Eagles, you know, saying sweating bullets because they hope the Patriots don't come back. I'm like, man, they, they ain't calling the right plays, man. They don't start going conservative. And I'm sitting here scratching my head like, is this fool watching the same game? I'm watching. <laughs> I mean, did the, cha- did, ha- did the channel change and I blinked or something? <laughs> like, it's just amazing to hear people. Say that. and then mm-hmm. it was like what's that 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 last that last possession of the Eagles thirty eight thirty three. Now what I didn't realize is that the Eagles was in field goal range. I actually didn't I didn't realize it until they actually came out to kick the field. I was like, oh, they were that close, and so they ran it three straight downs. And here the guys are hiding, like, man, why are they running the ball? I'm like, dude, they gotta run the clock, right? And then when you see the guy come out for field goal, it's like, oh. Well, it makes sense. It's like, guys, do y'all know anything about mm. football? Mm. Never mind. That's why I look forward to talking to y'all every Tuesday. Get the rest out all stupid. Um, K-Star, your thoughts on the coaching in this game? I thought Peterson was masterful. Um, he took every opportunity on fourth down uh, and fourth and reasonable and capitalized. He was aggressive from the outset, just as you need to be against New England. Just the polar opposite of what we saw from Jacksonville versus New England, which cost him the game uh, versus the Patriots. And Peterson made sure that didn't happen. You know, the, the foot was never off the gas. He, he called just one of the best all-time uh, coaching uh, performances I've ever seen, just because the execution was flawless and the play designs were, were, were great. And um, he had a great – he had a great pulse of his team and confidence in his team, and, and he did his thing. He was spectacular. He outcoached Belichick, and that pretty much never happens. Really remarkable. Okay. J.D., anything left in there for you? Uh, a little bit. Um, we, we've, we've given a lot of praise for what he's done in the Super Bowl, and rightfully so, but I think we need to go back to the start of the season and, and what he's done with, with Wentz. You know, he had a decent uh, rookie season, but he flourished this year, and I think Peterson has a lot to do with that, and I think Peterson has a lot to do with the, the team chemistry overall and, and how they were playing. They went on a roll winning seven, six, seven, eight games in a row at one point during the season when we all thought at some point they got to lose because they've won two in a row, they've won three in a row. All right, they're just getting lucky, but they kept on rolling, they kept on winning, and as the more games they won, the more folks realize, okay, it's the players, yes, but Peterson has a lot to do with making sure these players are in the right position. So I think it really was a culmination of the work Peterson has done throughout the year and the fruits of the labor just showed in the, in the Super Bowl. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, like I said earlier, I don't know if train you were on or not, but I, I, um, I lost some respect for Belichick on the whole Malcolm Butler thing. I'm going to keep my eyes on the story and see if something – uh, changes my mind, but based on what I hear now, to tell somebody um, just before the national anthem that they're not playing, 
I really believe that that had an impact on the entire team. I really believe that, you know, and, and yeah, and, and I think we've seen comments and tweets and, and stuff from current and former Patriots. You know, it, it just, I don't know what Belichick's thinking. And, you know, sometimes I think I, I get it. You know, Jimmy Johnson said it best. Jimmy Johnson said, you know, hey, everybody blames Jerry Jones. Jimmy Johnson said, look, I didn't leave the team because of Jerry Jones. Okay, he came out and he said it was, this was, we decided it was time for me to move on because when you win a Super Bowl and when you come back the following year, you know how hard it is to get those guys back up to that same level again. And we had done it two years in a row, and I just didn't think I could do it for a third year. And I thought it was the perfect time for me to bow out and for another guy to come in while the team is still young and talented to see what they could do. That's what those were Jimmy Johnson's first. So if you imagine Jimmy Johnson spent five years in Dallas and after his fourth and fifth year of winning Super Bowls, he felt that he couldn't do it. I can't even imagine what Belichick must, must go through uh, having gone to so many Super Bowls and having to get this team ready year after year. It must be a challenge that none of us could ever relate to. That said, knowing that, why would you disrupt the very chemistry that you have spent your entire career mastering by delivering such devastating news to the player and the team just before the start of the biggest game of the season. It makes zero sense to me. Unless I find out that this dude was messing around with Belichick's wife or daughter or something, I don't get it. That would be the only thing where I'd say, okay, all right, I get it. Yep, he should have played. Other than that, I don't get it. And I think we're going to, you know, more of that's going to come out. I want to revisit. Train made a comment earlier. Let me, let me, let me restate my position on the earth catch because Train wasn't on. Um, and the train was, you know, disagreed. I want, I want, I want to hear where he disagrees with me. But what I said emphatically was that Dez was a catch. Jesse James was a catch. Zach Ertz was a catch. Or the NFL is in, is, is Jason would say, JB, say it one more time for us, please. What is the NFL? The NFL is consistently inconsistent. Thank you very much. Consistently inconsistent. If you called Des Bryant incomplete, and if you stood by that for four years that that was incomplete, then, then if that is the rule, and you are saying that the rule was applied correctly, then the Zach Ertz play should also be incomplete. That is my position. Now, Shane, tell me where I'm wrong. Uh, the difference, definitely the difference between Des Bryant and oh. Let me preface this with they were definitely both catches. Understand that? We both agree on that. The difference between the two is that Ertz actually became a runner once he caught the ball. He literally took a good three steps, if not four, before diving for the end zone. Then Dez Dez was one, Dez was one motion. Dez was ball caught, come down, one Three step dies. No. It was, um, in, in, in his one motion, oh, in his one no, motion, no, he never actually became wrong. a runner. No, I'm no, not no, wrong. No, you're wrong. I saw the video no, just like wrong. you saw the video. I'm, telling, I'm not please, wrong. Go watch. Count this. No, train. Okay. Train, I am telling you. Okay. That he did not become a runner in that catch. Wait, that's, Dez did okay. not become well, a runner in that catch. You, 
don't change your story. You're saying it was one motion. I'm not changing my wrong. story. I said steps. I said Ertz he became took, a runner. I said Des did not because he took three because he took three steps. Ertz became a runner. Des took three steps. Damn. I will bet you all of the money you make this year that Des took three okay. steps. I will bet my salary okay. versus your salary right now that Des took three steps. I know what I'm talking okay. about. He took three steps. They just didn't call him a runner. They called Ertz a runner, and Ertz took three steps. That's my point. But don't say that Des didn't take three steps. He took three steps. It was three distinct steps. And on the third step, he dived. The ball hit. It popped up, and he caught it. And they said that it was incomplete. Ertz took three steps. He dived. The ball popped up, and he caught it, and they said he became a runner, and it was a touchdown. That's my point, is they did the same thing, and they called it differently. Please go to YouTube and count the steps that they took. Please, because he took three steps. One, two, one, one. It was three. You'll see that I was down right about that. It was three. I've seen that play more times than I ever care to see it, because I still don't understand how that's not a catch. My, my point is, we do agree that they were both catches, mm-hmm. but my point is the NFL never came back and said that that wasn't a catch. They feel that that was the right call. So if that's the rule, then that earth shouldn't be a catch if you're saying that's the rule. Now, if you come back and say that you were wrong and Des was a catch and you screwed up, then I'm shutting up then. Then okay. Then I shut my mouth then. Then you're right. That earth is a catch and life goes on. That's all. I ain't never done that, bro. I ain't never done that. I'm to tell you. My God. So you can go back and watch it at your convenience. And I'll wait I'll wait for your I'll wait. I'll wait quietly for your apology. I'll take it in on chocolate. You can send me chocolate. You can send me chocolate. I'll be your I'll be your second Valentine behind your wife. You can send me chocolate. I'm not gonna send you chocolate, but I am gonna do your respect <laughs> of checking it out. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because Check I'm it out. All right. Um, it is. It is my time. It is as of right now. I'm checking it out. Oh, we're checking out there. Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I'm not waiting. Like I'm looking at it now. <laughs> yeah, it's three in a dive. It's three in a dive. I'm trying to back it up. I'm watching the same thing too. There's three steps in the dive. Go back. Go back. Go back. There we go. Okay, blow this up so I can see it on the. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Catch boom. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, they don't fuck up. Oh. They don't fuck up in the film. Oh wow. Bruh. <laughs> boom. You know what? I would never go against you when you talk about when you talk about the, the Bears because I know you know your team intimately, but I know my Cowboys. Man, I've seen that. Yeah, time. and it was three steps. Well, that's and why I looked it up shit. because you sound you sound like you was defending your mama. So I had like let me look it up because he sound like he defended Miss Floyd. So. God, it goes God family football. God family football. Okay. So you know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to. I'm, 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 um, 
Yeah, so, man. So that's my point. Yeah, that's a that's my point. Inconsistently, and all of the comments on YouTube saying the same thing that it was a catch. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was you know, a catch. That 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 third oh, step man. to me made it a catch in, indisputably, and I'll never forgive the NFL because that was our year. We were on a roll that year. I don't even know if we would have won because Aaron Rodgers is a bad man, and he ended up beating us last year. You know, late against with Dak, but we had a good chance of winning that game. If if that goes in. Um, you know, we're right, right there, right on the goal line, right there. Um, we're gonna get that touchdown, and then who knows what happens in that game. So, um, you know, anywho, right. you, you never, um, you never want a game to, to finish like that. You don't want a game to be called, well, come down to wins and losses because of the refs' ineptitude. Because you're right, we, no one knows what would happen after that play, but you hate to have that play basically define the, the outcome of the game because it truly did. And and, you know, not to leave K-Star out, we got to get K-Star some love. Even though the Jesse James play is different, we will all agree that, that there's, there's not three steps there. But to me, that one's now – now I go back to me and my brother playing catch in our backyard. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to – remember the dead end, Jay, down the street, you know? Of course. Dead end? I, I, I'm talking about me and JB going down the street playing catch on the football down at the dead end, okay, you know, when we were kids. And – you knew when you caught the ball because you caught the ball, <laughs> right? Because the ball went in your hand. And with Jesse James, to me, he caught it. And, and if he didn't have possession, then how does he turn and make a move towards the end zone? Now, I get the rule, but the rule is wrong. Because as soon as he caught it and had control enough to make that turn, it should be a catch right then and there, period. should be a catch. All this other garbage about, you know, uh, uh, Calvin Johnson catches the ball at the high point, pulls it down, puts it down on the ground, and they say because he put it down on the ground, it's not a catch. Well, I'm sorry, Key. That just, that just wasn't a catch, okay? We're just going to dis- disregard the old Calvin Johnson. Yeah, because no, it's no, it's no, it's 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 just going to happen. We're just going to – yeah, you know, we just got to – yeah. Yes, you know, okay. eye to eye. We see it. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, I do have to ask you this little train. I've been, I was thinking about you. Because your boy outside Jeffrey balling, man. I, I, you know, he balling. He balling, man. So, so let, me, let me say this, and I'm being fair when I say this. Mind you, when he caught that touchdown pass, I was like, yep, that's the Alshon Jeffries that I wanted in Chicago. But the Alshon Jeffries that I did not like in Chicago was the one that got shut down in the second half when they switched Stephen Gilmore and had him shadow him the whole rest of the game. Okay. That's the one that's that fair. Chicago couldn't pay. And that that was the that was the biggest deal because he can high point ball he'll win the fifty fifty, but when he when he get a good corner on him, he can't separate. And I'm sorry, as a top number one receiver on anybody's team, you gotta be able to go fifty fifty when you get a top when you play against a top corner. He can't shut you down. You can't allow him to shut you down for a whole half. You gotta win hey, some of those. Excuse me. Excuse me, I yeah. just need to call Des Bryant and let him hear what you just said. Des, I'm sorry, are you out there? Can you can you just listen to what Train just said about number one receivers and what you're supposed to do? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can't. I apologize. I'm sorry. You have to win you have to win fifty percent of those battles in order to be a number one. Is you and Richard Sherman win fifty percent? Is you and Patrick Peterson win fifty percent? Is you and Stefan Gilmore win fifty percent? And so as much as I 
I'm, I'm happy for him. He predicted that his team would win the Super Bowl. I just didn't know that he was going to leave us to do it. But <laughs> but mm. that second half, you didn't see 17 catch a ball. Mm. Oh, Stephon Gilmore shut him down. And keep an eye on it for next season when Eagles play teams with solid corners and that head coach or D.C. said, hey, He's not finna tear us up. Get him. We'll take care of the rest. Mm. Just saying. Okay. Easily yeah. removed. I can't argue with you. Yep. Valid. Valid. Especially what you said about being a number one wide receiver, especially if you're a top five paid wide receiver in NFL, Dez. I'm talking to Dez Bryant right now. I love you, Dez, and I want Dallas to beat you. I am in your corner, but you have to produce next year. You need to show why you are a the number three paid wide receiver in NFL, period. No excuses. You need to just do it. You used to. You lost it. You need to get it back. You're still young enough. So I'll, 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 I'm done with the excuses. I'm done with the excuses. I really am. Except for that idiot that said, oh, Nick Foles wins, so I don't want to hear about Dallas without Zeke. And like, shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Foles oh, my God. Just James catches a touchdown, too. Shit. Got I'm sorry. Right. I just saw oh, that video. Fucking right on the goddamn catch. Oh my god. Yeah. He literally catches the ball and crosses the plane and the ball doesn't fall out his it doesn't move in his hands until his arm hits the ground. Like he's done caught it. After he crossed the plane. Yeah. Yeah. And and that that was my you missed that part. That that was one of my beginning rants that I'm disgusted. Um, I'm disgusted. You caught the tail end of my disgust with the Hall of Fame because while I will readily admit that T.O. and Randy Moss are both first ballot Hall of Famers, I find it disrespectful to T.O. that he had to wait to his third season to get in. But because Randy Moss has been on TV and he, they're seeing the softer, mm-hmm. softer, gentler side of Randy Moss, he gets done on the first ballot. Really? I think Randy that Moss says. should at least been wait for, waited a year. If you're going to do that to T.O., you should have did it to Randy for the same reason you did it to T.O., and they didn't. And I, I, I don't like yeah. it. I don't. I feel you, T., yeah, but I knew that's. I knew that is what was, what got Randy Moss in there. I knew yeah. that's what got him in there. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a shame because T.O. is being the same T.O. that he was. He's being a bracer. Jason Whitlock, who was a staunch T.O., a hater sent T.O. a tweet saying, while I didn't support you being in the Hall of Fame, I'm happy you got in. I hope this gives you the peace that you want, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. And T.O. treated him back kick rocks. <laughs> <laughs> he treated him back kick rocks. And I don't blame him. But don't come now and, and act like we boys now. Don't come now and want to be my boy because I'm in. Or when I needed your help to get in, you didn't support me. Same thing with Skip Bayless. You call me team obliterator and all that garbage, but now that I'm in, you're happy I'm in? Blow me, okay? Like, I don't want to hear it. I, I, T.O. has my complete 100% support. You know why? Because unlike Randy Moss, he played every single play to win. Randy Moss is a phenom. He may be the most talented wide receiver we have ever seen. Not the best, because that would go to Jerry Rice. But the most talented, he is a freak of nature. I get all that, and I agree. And, and 
philosophically, he should have been first ballot. But Schultz should have carried on. Okay? The yin and the yang. And the fact that they made that man wait is a, is a travesty. It's a travesty. Disgusting. Like, like, like Shannon Sharp said. I'm loving me some Shannon Sharp, by the way. Like Shannon Sharp said, yeah. if T.O. Yeah. ain't a first ballot Hall of Famer, then nobody is. Then nobody is. Then that there's no should, no one should be. Ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. Anywho. All right, fellas. Getting laid out here on the West Coast. I mean the East Coast, not on the West Coast. Still early out there on the West Coast. <laughs> but on the East Coast getting late. Getting late. So uh let's go through with our final word. Um and listen, I'm going we're gonna continue. I don't know how y'all feel, but there's so much going on. I can't you know, I, at some point we'll take a break. And y'all do the best you can. I will. I will hope to see y'all every week. If y'all have conflicts, you can't make the show here and there. Whatever, do what you got to do. But you know, there's just too much going on for the Madden boys to hold it in this early. Too much going on, man. Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick, Butler. What's going to happen to Nick Foles? You know, it's just it's just too much going on. So I'm going to be back here next season, my fellas. I don't know about y'all. But Commissioner T gonna be back here. I got I gotta follow this stuff and we gotta report it to the Madden Boys station, man. They wanna they wanna hear it from us. Because it's what we do. Damn. Final words. Let's go with Dr. Train. Final words for the night. Yeah, so just piggyback off that T yeah. If I can uh things see things is heating up at work, but if I can uh, it's, it's still on my calendar. To, it's still on my schedule to to try to get out of it at six to to make the show. Um, Love it. It, I, the last thing in my in my final words is out of all the announcers I've ever heard in the NFL, man, I really don't like Chris Collinsworth. Okay, I just don't. I don't like how he talks. I don't like how he plays favoritism to the players and teams. I don't like how he pump dudes up that are garbage. <laughs> I don't like how you make a, a play that wasn't all that great, seemed spectacular. It's horrible. You know what I'm saying? I, I, don't, I don't even want to hear him talk through another game. As a matter of fact, if I watch a game and he's talking, I'll probably mute it because then I'd be able to enjoy it better. Um, other than your that, face, your ass, what's the difference? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And within my final words, first ballot, Hall of Fame, 54. Brian Erlach. Well, yeah. Glad to see that him and Ray Lewis went in together because um, probably the only reason Erlacher wasn't the greatest linebacker of his era is he just happened to play in the era with Ray Lewis. Other than that, he would have been the greatest of his era because the dude was phenomenal. Absolutely. So no argument from me on that one. Um, all right. Uh, JB, final words. Yeah, uh, you're right, Dr. Train. Um, kudos to her lacquer, and it is nice because you've got the, the premier linebacker and the NFC premier linebacker and the AFC going in together. So definitely kudos. Um, but the one thing I will say is this. It's it's now the off season. Philly won, and, and as Danny Green would say, you crown their asses. Uh, but the off season brings its drama, and you can basically go through every division and find a ton of drama. So uh, a lot more to talk about. Looking forward to it. I'll do my best to be in next week. I got to travel, but um, plenty to talk about, plenty to sift through. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Mr. Mr. Jacksonville himself. Okay, star, final words. <laughs> I am moving to Jacksonville at the end of the month. It's crazy. I'm going to be trolled relentlessly just by seeing the team logo everywhere I go. 
Congratulations, bro. I just muted myself. Boy. I didn't know that was coming up. Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah, Time's moving quickly. You're um, going to love the weather. I actually might come visit you, man. Hey, I'm thinking live show from Jacksonville. That's what I'm thinking. I don't, All right. I don't know about you guys. I'm thinking live show from Jacksonville. Anyway. Ain't nothing but a five-hour drive for me. Hey, man, I'm with it. Um, final thoughts? Well, that was a great game to end the season on. You know, I mean, the, I'll put it like this. The regular season at times was unspectacular, yet we are such football nerds. We weren't really moved too much by it. We're going to watch no matter what. Um, but the playoffs, I thought the NFL ended on an incredible note just by the incredible games. I mean, we just talked about the Jacksonville, and though the outcome certainly wasn't uh, what I hoped to see, that Jacksonville-Pittsburgh game was incredible. Uh, New England-Jacksonville was incredible. You had some really good NFC games, and then we topped it off with an incredible Super Bowl. So I'm definitely happy to see that. Glad it wasn't any blowout. And um, the Super Bowl over the past five years has just been really, really good almost each and every year the past five years. So it's it's been really exciting. Yeah. You know, I was half joking, but, you know, I think we need to figure out a way to get us four together somehow, some way, to do a show or a series of shows, even if we were, even if somehow we were together over a weekend and could do two or three shows or something. I don't know. But let's think about how we might be able to at some point make this happen. I think, I think that would be phenomenal for us to do a live remote show somewhere together, the Madden Voice. Not to mention, I've never met Dr. Train. Goddamn, I'm just kidding shit. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I don't think – actually, you know, I know all of you except Train, but none of y'all know each other. And, um, you know, we, we've, been, we've been doing this long enough where, you know, before, before – something happens and we end up having to either stop doing the show because one of us hit paw ball and that's it, not doing a man voice anymore because I'm going to be too busy traveling or who the hell knows what life may bring us um, before something changes us. It would be nice if we got together to do a live show somehow. And maybe Jackson goes to move. I know trains out there on that West Coast, but, you know, he got that PhD money. And I know he done been out here to New York, so I know he can get to Jacksonville. So Jay's only a drive away. And uh, I love Florida, so maybe maybe that's the move. Let's keep that. Let's keep that. Keep that door open and figure out something. And it would even be great if we were able to do it connected with a game somehow. Because I will tell you guys something. Every sports bar that I've ever spoke to about doing a live show has been all for it. I've not had one that has said, Nah, nah, that's not. They all said, Oh, love to have you. Tell, tell me what you need. Be great. So let's keep let's keep that thought open and let's brainstorm as we as we go through this off season how we might be able to make it happen with the least amount of disruption to everybody's life. <laughs> you know, you know, some of us might have to get on a plane to make it happen, but hey, a plane is only a ride. So let's think about it. But I think it would be fun. I think it would be exciting, and I think the public would really get a kick out of it. I think we get a lot of goodwill doing something like that. So I just keep that in mind. I'd love to see that happen. Um, uh, I don't really have final words because like in the past, as I've said, normally around this time I'm thinking, okay, let's take a break till maybe the draft, do a couple of draft shows and take a break till the summer, um, till, you know, till the season's about to start. I'm feeling differently. I'm feeling like I want to keep going. I'm feeling like there's so much going on. 
and there's so much to talk about. And the NFL is 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 so controversial and so exciting. Um, not to say that there won't be weeks where we say, okay, we're going to sit next week. We're all traveling. We all got things going on. But for the foreseeable future, at least for the next several weeks, I want to keep the show going. And hopefully, you you heard the commitment from my co-host. They'll do the best they can. I understand, you know, work, uh, you know, travel. Uh, case stars about to move, and you know, hey, we all have we all have conflicting priorities that could cause us either be late or maybe miss a show here and there. I get it. It's all good, but we're gonna try to keep this going. I think there's so much going on. It's really, it's to me, this is about to be a really exciting off season. There's really a lot to look forward to in this off season with all the free agency moves and. You know, the, the shift of power and what is going to happen in New England and the draft, and there's a lot. And I want to be right in the middle of it. So we're going to be here, the Madden Voice, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So on that note, that means we'll be back here next season. I'm in training. I don't know if I did. Yeah, I did say you guys are. I'm in New York right now. I'm in New York. Oh, I do want to say one other thing. I want to say one other thing. What the hell were the New York Giants thinking um, with that damn Super Bowl commercial? Looking like a little Sweetie. <laughs> Looking like a Sweetie. Really? You come say come side. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. I I, I don't I don't mm. get it. Oh. Okay. But anyway. But anyway. All right. So let's see what happens over the next week with the Patriots. That's probably the top thing we're gonna be watching. Belichick, Brady, McDaniel, Butler. Let's see what goes on and um, whatever else is going on in the NFL. I mean, literally right now they're talking about an NFL network. Reggie Bush is talking about it, and they're, they're literally as we speak, that's how big this news is. So, um, all right, so we'll see you guys next Tuesday night. Uh, I'm tired. I'm about to go and, uh, and uh, give me a little snack and go get some sleep. So, hey, for Dr. Train, for JB, and for K-Star, thank everybody for tuning in to the Madden Voice. Um, Got to come up with a new slogan. I'm tired of all of you settling on the field. Season's over, so we'll come up with a new slogan. So since I don't have a new slogan, we'll just say, see you next Tuesday night. Good night, everybody. Thank you.